You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about James Bond, Jordan Peele, and Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Dose. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Hello. Good morning, Simon. All right, mate, you sound like you're from London. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, it's nice to be back. I missed you last good week. Good to have you back. Mm. My name is Jeff Snyder. You are watching Meet the Movie Press. Uh, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board. Tracking hyphen board.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at The Insider. With me, as always, is Simon Thompson. Hello there. Um, some people are happy to see me back. Not everybody, but... Uh, yeah, that one guy in the comment section. The, the one guy. guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Hey, we, uh, yeah. we love Brienne Chandler around here. Thank you to... Lovely uh, to have her on. I watched the yeah, show. thanks, Brienne, for filling yeah, in. But awesome. Simon has returned. Hey, you've got to up the bold quota. Um, if you want to see more of my bald head, or I think it was a, an egghead, someone called it this week, uh, you could find me on Twitter, um, at showbizsimon, Instagram, at showbizsimon. I also have a Facebook page. Uh, this is Simon Thompson. Wonderful. Mm, a lot going on this week. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess. Yeah. It was a busy week, yeah. and, and, and we averted a crisis. We did. Right a strike yep. over. I was up late that night. Yeah, I, think I can imagine. It was like you know, one in the morning when when the white smoke came out of uh, the headquarters or <laughs> the, wherever the hell they the were negotiating. Pope. Right, and uh, yeah, and yeah, they, they reached a deal. So good for for the writers because we mean, genuinely thought there was going to be a strike. It looked very likely. I know. I, I was on the show predicting that there wasn't going to be a strike. Mm. Uh, I thought I thought that they lost a lot the okay. last go around, and it really hurt. Hollywood and yep. the California economy, and I just didn't see what they had to gain necessarily by striking. Um, Michael Bay had a couple of movies that he could have got greenlit without scripts. Sure, so yeah. they, they, you know, they they got the health insurance fixed. That yep. was a big uh, problem for the writers. Big deal right now. Uh, they made some incremental gains on the TV side. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a film uh, a screenwriter, you know, it didn't really affect you that much the new the new deal. But uh, TV writers, you know, th- that that was really the the big issue on the table. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that things can move on because yep. God knows uh, well, it, it, if that, what we would have been subjected to. Strikes in the past have never really worked out well creativity wise. No, for audiences. I mean, no. they've still gone and see the movies, but it hasn't really worked out well for audiences. So you okay? Yeah, no, I saw this thing swinging back there. I thought it was a spider. <laughs> I know you don't like spiders. You'd have to kill it for me. You Simon. do okay. Uh, Don't worry, I've got this. So, uh, WGA AMPTP, congrats to them. And now we can talk about the real deal movie stuff. Let's talk about it. And the thing that everybody was talking about this week, Mm -hmm. for whether there was reason to or not, was the James Bond franchise. Yeah. Rumors uh, stemming from Syncopy, or Syncopy, or however the fuck you're pronouncing Christopher Nolan's production company name, they were listed on IMDb Mm -hmm. as the production company for Bond 25, and people took this as some sort of confirmation that Christopher Nolan Nolan was, was in fact, involved uh, in the movie. We also got rumors that Paul McGuigan could be directing. Yeah, um, who made, probably best known for Lucky Number 11. Yeah, which which says a lot. I didn't like. I mean, it would be interesting if they do take it down and indie director route and he did uh push yeah. right with chris and Evans. he's done some shit did he do i frankenstein or i don't know about I that one. Th- oh, maybe yeah i don't, I, I, I don't know uh he did but he's certainly not like a, a, a or maybe he just did frankenstein 
Or the uh, the the one with he, the Daniel the Radcliffe, Radcliffe and yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did that I think. Yeah, that was uh, what the fuck, Frankenstein. Anyways, yeah. these are not great movies. No. I don't know where Paul. Uh, no. I don't know where Paul McGuigan's name came out of. I don't know. Um, I know he's done with. a lot of good work on television, but I would be shocked if he got the job. I would be very surprised. And I know that uh, the Broccoli family they have gone the indie route before with mm. Mark Forster. Yeah. But again, how well did that really work out? But again, Quantum of Solace, I mean, it's a Bond film that is not the best Bond film by any stretch, but I actually quite enjoyed it. But again, that was a, a film that was affected by a strike. Right. Yeah, so you're right. you can't entirely lay the blame at his feet no. as the director. No. But it hasn't worked out well. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but let's talk, let's get into like the Chris Nolan, sure. Tom Hardy of it sure. all. Sure, yeah. Could there, I mean, do you, I know that Chris Nolan is a huge Bond fan. Yeah. He grew up watching those movies. Yeah. It makes sense that he would do one of them, but did you interpret that IMDb listing as, like, legitimate, or is this all, cause, you know... Uh, no, I mean, if you if you take that as an example of, of, of a well-known director who has a production company that is linked to making a movie, how many times do the likes of uh, Brad Pitt, when his production company gets attached to a movie, doesn't necessarily mean that Brad Pitt's going to direct it. I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, I would be very so you open. Think, you think they could potentially be uh, producing Chris and, Chris and Emma, but not he won't necessarily direct? Like, it's just like a... Yeah, I think that would be an option. creative imprint? Yeah, I mean, just because your, your production company is attached doesn't mean you have to direct. I mean, Reese Witherspoon, again, production company, she hasn't directed all the movies that have been attached to that company. I mean, I would be very, very open She's to Chris She's not a director, Nolan. she produces. Yeah. But I, th- I think that if... I'd be open to it. If he was producing the movie, he would be directing it. That's what I think. I I think he'd... Yeah, I mean, I would assume that would go hand in hand, but I wouldn't necessarily take that as a given. I mean, we have the likes of Ridley Scott, who produces a lot of movies, but doesn't necessarily direct them, mm-hmm. which he very, you know, he very ably could direct See, a lot I, of the stuff I, that I he think, produces. actually, you know, as far as, like, because the directors who come on to this franchise, mm. I don't think that they necessarily do bring their whole production companies. Like, I don't know no. if uh, Sam Mendes's paper or street... Or whatever it is. No, but there's no, there's no uh, hard and fast. I don't fast. know if that was a production company on it. I think that Chris Nolan and Ridley Scott are actually two of the only directors yeah. who would get that kind of benefit. Yeah. Uh, but I think Bond in itself, as, as, a, as a film and as a franchise, is a very unique entity. So I think really when you're entering into the Bond universe, kind of, you know, the writing's on the wall, to, to quote Sam. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it doesn't necessarily good. mean that all... Thank you so much. Uh, it doesn't mean the rules apply. I think it's kind of like everything is out the window. It's it's a different ball game, the Bond stuff. So the, th- the thing about Bond... Okay, so there mm. is no director. Yeah. Uh, they are having the... the there is, they are working on a script. It's the, uh, they the guys are, yeah. who... Right. The guys who we've written the last few. There's still no studio. The last we heard, you know, the New York Times had that big story yep. with all the different studios making yeah, their presentations. Ago, yeah. uh, right, we haven't heard any follow-up since. And then there's the uh, the talk of casting. Yep. So I think that they've got a good thing going with James uh, Daniel Craig. Yep. And if they if he wants to come back, they would gladly have him back for I think one so. more movie. Yeah, I think that's true. But let's say they just are like, you know, we're ready to move on. Mm-hmm. We're ready to re- reboot the franchise with this new studio and a new director. Yep. Let's let's recast. Um, you know, given the the Nolan stuff that was in the news, there was speculation about Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. and I was actually reading the Ankler, which I've told everyone great to newsletter. subscribe to Richard yes, Rushford's newsletter. newsletter. And in in his newsletter, he links to an IndieWire story mm-hmm. where Ann Thompson's talking about uh, whether Tom Hardy would do it, and he says that he hears that the rumor about Tom Hardy playing James Bond is actually more than a rumor, and okay. that it's a done deal. 
Okay. And I wouldn't put it past CAA to have struck that deal. I think Tom Hardy is in high demand. He doesn't do a lot of these franchise yep. titles. Yep. I mean, Dunkirk is obviously a huge movie, but it's not... You know, the branded sort of IP. And if Nolan's going to come on board as director, if that is on the table, right, that then obviously that would, make, that would make that would make perfect yeah. sense. So, uh, But I do think that there could be some sort of, like, side deal or whisper deal yeah. for Tom Hardy where he's like, listen, Daniel Craig is our Bond as long as he wants to be, but once he is not, you're mm. the guy. So mm. just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, and I think that that would be great. I would be very much he's, on board with that. He's a brilliant that. actor. Yeah, I mean, like I said previously, I think Daniel Craig is... Uh, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed him as Bond. I think he's been great. But I think that has kind of, for me, as, a, as an audience member, that's kind of closure with the last film. Yeah, if he didn't come back, I wouldn't have an issue with that. I, I, I would welcome I, him I back. I think it's time. But I think it's time. I think it's time to move on. I, I and I think Tom Hardy's a really good... Um, w- would be a really good choice. I don't think there's actually a lot of other choices. When I survey the landscape, or I th- you know think of all the names who have been rumored for Bond, people like Jack Houston or Idris Elba. That's not going to happen. I, That's I, not going to happen. I don't see it. Uh, and, Kevin Hart. And, uh, a real quick aside, since, yeah. since I just uh, name-checked Idris Elba, did you see that Dark Tower trailer this I week? I did. What do you think of this movie? Uh, do you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to it. That trailer didn't really do it for me. No. Um, it felt a little bit like the last action hero it felt too much like a kid on an adventure type movie that we used to see in the 80s and 90s now don't get me wrong i'm absolutely going to go and see this film i am looking forward to it that trailer just did not i'm going to see this movie too because this is considered king's masterwork yeah but he's endorsed it He's very much behind this. What, what, what do we expect from these authors, though? Of course he's going to endorse it. Well, no, I mean, of course but, he is. No, but he's turned around you know, after many, many Stephen King adaptations and gone, that's whole shit. So he doesn't always throw his weight behind stuff. I mean, him stuff. criticizing The Shining, is a, it's, a different, it's a different landscape mm. these days in terms of Twitter and social media and the way the studios involve the yeah. authors. And uh, There was no way, if he didn't like it, he was going to come out and say that. So his, his endorsement doesn't really go do anything for me. I thought it just the, didn't. I don't think the movie really. It doesn't have that hook for me. Yeah, um, it wasn't enough of anything for me to really go. Oh, yeah. It just at the moment maybe it's holding back. It didn't, that's true. You know, M- McConaughey just he looks like he's sleepwalking through this thing. I don't like his his look. Uh, the kid doesn't look particularly involved. I thought the script was a little bit contrived. Well, oh, you've read the script? No, 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 no. I mean, from from what obviously you hear the dialogue in in the trailer, I oh. was just a bit like, that seems a little bit twee. I don't know who it's credited to. If it's still like you know a, a Kiva's draft or, or yeah. whatever, but uh, this, this, I mean, I, I've never really been excited uh, about this project, and I, and I do consider myself a King fan, but I've never read these books. No, I, I haven't. I mean, and, and I don't want to. I want to go into it completely blind it's not um, it's not based on any one book either it's like no, an amalgamation i, of I understand they've kind the of muddied they've muddied the waters and then obviously the the option to then make two or three of these films would be on the table but i'm it, right now i mean i i will go and see it but it's not a film that i'm particularly excited about yeah which is a shame because i was expecting something that would really grab me you at, know? Le- at least this has a relatively modest budget for sony yeah uh, and, it's not and, huge and won't and won't kill them so what do you think sort of box office wise we're looking at with with a return on that kind of film 
Oh, I, I don't. I'd have to see like what it's going. It's it's August. Yeah, August. I think is, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna do okay. August, I think August it's gonna be like wasteland. I think it's gonna be fine, but I don't think it's gonna be a like. Oh, that's a runaway success. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see. It could it could have legs because August yeah. is so weak. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's move it along. Let's talk about Jordan Peele. Yeah. Jordan Peele signing an exclusive first look deal with Universal. Yep. Which made it get out, of course. Uh, and he is going, it's going to be another like uh, untitled social thriller. He's going to write, direct, produce. His yep. budget is going to uh, multiply by about five. Mm-hmm. So he's moving from about five million to 25 million, give or take. Which uh, is still not a massive budget in Hollywood. No, it's, it still That's gives him the freedom to yeah. go and do what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and, and they won't really sweat it. Uh, you know, I think Boris had the exclusive on this uh, over at the Hollywood Reporter, and he had said, you know, all the studios were chasing Peel. Yeah. Uh, when a guy makes a movie for five million dollars and has that kind of profit, everybody wants to be in business with him. Um, but Universal convinced him to come back into the the fold, staving he, off Warner Brothers. He's got such a strong relationship with uh, with Universal, and uh, okay, <clears throat> this has not been put out there. This has not been confirmed. It's not even been suggested. But Ooh. you know, I'm a fan of of Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna put twenty dollars on the table and say that Get Out is going to be one of the mazes this year. A get out maze. A get out maze. That would maze. be really creepy. That would work absolutely brilliantly. Like the sunken place? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you could do all sorts of stuff with that. That would be absolutely brilliant. I know they're working on the mazes right now. I'm going to put that I think get out because he's got such a, a strong relationship and they're actually doing a a launch for the for the Blu-ray next week on the back lot at Universal. Um, oh right, they're having a little garden party. Garden party. I'm sending yeah. a, uh, my critic there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to attend that next week, and I'm just thinking they are so close to that movie, and that's been such a big success. I think that's what we're going to see as one of the mazes this year. Uh, I would I would just say <clears> my <throat> note on this. You know, obviously I was the one who put out the Akira thing. Yeah. Um, that Warner Brothers really wanted Jordan Peele for that. Uh, I think it's a good thing that he is resisting going that big blockbuster tentpole route, and he's continuing to do his own thing. Uh. I think he took a month after Get Out to sort of see, you know, what yep. do I want to do? Do I want to stay true to this this path that I'm trying to blaze and tell these stories that nobody else is really not only trying to tell but able to tell? Yeah. Um, but it took him five years to make Get Out. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, he, he sat on that for, for five years, so it's a long time. So he's not afraid to sit and wait. Listen, I, I'm glad he's not directing Akira. I'm glad he's not directing The Flash. I actually think uh, Jordan Peele's Uptown Saturday Night would have been really cool over yep. at Warner Brothers, that, yep. that remake. Uh, if you'd p- paired like Jordan Peele with Denzel or Will Smith or something. But uh, but yeah, more, more power to him. I am a genre fan. I love horror movies and thrillers, yep. so uh, keep them coming. So is it going to be Get Out to Get In? Mm, I don't know. I don't even know if we'll see any of the same cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that that would be interesting though if he does use uh, kind of like the like American sequel? Horror Story kind of idea of of having the same cast but recast them in different characters. That might be an interesting idea. Yeah, maybe I could see that. I mean, he had a great cast in Get Out. Strong so why, cast, why not use really, it again? really good. So, all right. Uh, before we talk Guardians, okay. let's real quick uh, just mention this Dick Cheney movie. Yeah, Dick Pick. A- Adam- <laughs> I'm still it, calling it the Dick Pick. That's what it should be called. Yeah. Uh, the dick pick. The dick pick. Uh, got dropped by Paramount this week. It did. And moved over to Annapurna, which just signed a new three-year deal with Brad Pitt's company, Plan B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the movie is sort of coming along with, with Brad Pitt's company. 
and it i don't know if it's going to be ready in time for the fall uh i think that they said that it is that they are they are shooting for that um, it's gonna be quite tight though and and the cast is now confirmed christian bale amy adams steve carell mm. but buried in i think it was hollywood reporter story uh it was either hollywood reporter or variety i forget 50 million dollars $50 million is the budget for this Dick Cheney movie. That is almost That's double a, the yeah. budget of The Big Short. Mm. Which, as I explained in my column on the tracking board and here on the show, uh, you know, the week that that news broke, maybe that movie made $20 million? You know, when yeah. you factor in an expensive awards campaign and all that stuff? Um and Dick, the Dick Cheney movie, I'm just like, this never struck me as a good idea, especially given Paramount's new creative mandate. Yeah. So I'm not surprised to see them let it go. Uh, I, I do think that it could perform closer to W yes. than The Big Short, which had huge movie stars in it. Obviously, this does, too, with Christian Bale. But Dick Cheney isn't really as well known as George W. Bush. No, I mean, it's, it's always, I mean, I love watching these political movies. I, I always have done since I was a kid. But there are, they are a difficult sell to the audience. People don't turn out right. in their droves. I mean, aside from, say, the likes of JFK, audiences just, they don't, I mean, a lot of people don't engage with the, politics full well, stop. It's, but it, it's not a... It's not even that. It's, it's they don't travel. People yeah. overseas don't want to go no. see movies about American politicians. And as we've discussed, it's increasingly important for the overseas market. We're seeing like an almost 70% overseas yield on these things now. I I mean, I don't... I mean, unless they go down the... Rather than theatrical, they put it as like a Netflix or an... They, to me, to, to, to me it strikes me thing. as like an HBO movie, like a yeah. game change sort of thing. Yeah. I just think a, a young, hungry indie filmmaker would make a Dick Cheney movie for 10 to $20 million. I love Adam McKay, uh, yeah, but, he's a but, brilliant but filmmaker. fifty million dollars for a Dick Cheney movie, uh, man! I'm sure sh- I'm shocked Anna Perna's even doing this one. I'm assuming that that's going to go mostly on cast, though, rather than because v- visually, there's not you're not going to see that money on the screen, if you know what I mean. I mean, I don't know if Christian Bale is getting <clears throat> his whatever his quote is, 10 yeah, million, fifteen million. But also, it's a weird window. I would probably release that in a January. I would. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a going into the holidays it, it kind of window on that. It remains to be seen if that will be ready yeah. in time okay. for uh, this award season. All right, Guardians two. Yeah, give us. We're gonna talk. Okay. About, we can finally talk about what we, we thought about yeah. the movie because it is now out. Yeah, but before we get into our respective takes, yeah. Give me the box office breakdown. Uh, okay, so Guardians last night previewed here in the US. Obviously, it opened internationally last weekend. Uh, it's taken seventeen million on its Thursday, uh, which is which is fine, which is good. Uh, in terms of where that ranks with all the other box office movies from Marvel, uh, Ultron is still biggest previews twenty seven point six. Uh, then it is Civil War, which is twenty five. Uh, then it's Avengers, which is eighteen point seven. So this is then in fourth place. That makes sense, though. It does That's make still sense. A good showing. Yeah, and there's some really interesting stats actually. I um I was looking at a uh, a piece online actually from Deadline Hollywood, and they were looking at audience reactions to this. It gets eighty four percent on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is about fine. Seventy two percent recommending to friends, but they did some audience research. Fifty eight percent of the crowd bought tickets because they were fans of the original movie. Fifty three came because they like Marvel movies, while forty percent attended for the cast as a whole um, and when it comes to sort of watching again um 30 of thursday's audience uh, would like to see the sequel again 31 percent would buy it on blu-ray and 20 percent want to own it on dvd so it seems that the audience uh, are enjoying it but it's not it doesn't have 
the pow that the first one had. It seems that people are not engaging with it in the same way. Now, obviously, after we saw the movie, we kind of agreed that it was um, it, it's a good movie, but it's not as good as the original, and, it, and it's certainly flawed. Yeah. Um, we're seeing more people of that opinion sort of come out of the woodwork over mm-hmm. the last week, which which is good, because that kind of endorses the way that we're thinking. It makes me uh, think I'm not crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's nice to know that other people feel the same way. I mean, we're not afraid to obviously express our own opinions, but um, I, I think it's going to do, I mean, it is going to do really well. I can see it very easily making a billion dollars, but I don't think it's going to have the legs or the excitement that I think the first one had. It In terms of box office? Yeah. Or rea- oh, see, I disagree. I mean, the first one opened to 94. Yeah. And I think this is going to open to like 150. So I think that... Like, yeah, I think it's, uh, but I think it's not gonna. It's not gonna have the legs that the first one had. I think there was a lot of because it was an unknown quantity. There was a lot of word of mouth. A lot of people going, "We're going to get on board this one," and I think this is going to have the initial people who who really want to go and see it. And I think it's going to do a lot up front. But I think that back end sales, it's going to yeah. not be as as strong as perhaps the first one. I'll put it this way: I uh, I, I did some box office contests with the guys from Slash Film yesterday, okay. and I, and I yeah. had to rank what i think will be the top 10 domestic grocers mm. this summer and i did put uh guardians number one it was a close call between that and despicable me three interesting but yeah i i mean i think the first film made 300 around 333 or uh, million dollars yeah domestic i think this one could go as high as 444 and then basically do a, a 33 oh, yeah i mean financially increase. i think it's going to be a success i think it that's well, that's going to be inherent that's, that's the case but I, th- I, th- I do think it's going to do uh much better than the first film mm. even though from a creative standpoint i did not enjoy it as much so what no. were your problems with the movie and and spoiler alert right now yeah uh, if you haven't so seen just, Guardians, just be aware of this um i mean i won't i won't do do too many spoilers for me it was kind of it felt a little bit like it was a tick sheet of what people like from the first movie mm-hmm. and then make it bigger right so it was like we like almost too big <clears throat> yeah i think that's the problem i mean I, I i'm not afraid of a film that goes on an epic scale i actually really enjoy that but i just think that they expanded this too much i think some of the characters they became a bit too much by the numbers um where it was like we like drax being funny let's do more drax we like Groot. let's have baby Groot. let's have a lot more baby Groot. um le- you know, I, I love the way that they actually um increased the presence of um uh michael rooker's character um, Yandu was great. Yeah. He, he was probably my favorite one, which is why I was shocked there was no Funko Pop toy for him. Like, yeah. Literally, they have one for everybody, including the... So good. Whatever face. Um, I think uh, Sly Stallone was wasted. To- what is he doing He was ju- It could have been anybody. Um, Kurt Russell, for me, was underwhelming. Yep. Um, I was really disappointed with that. I thought he just... It just... I like the character. I like where he was in the story. It just didn't pop for me. Um, I love the opening, though, where he's younger. Yeah, no, absolutely. That really, was, really that good. Cool. And that, that, to me, kind of made the fact that he was underwhelming through the rest of the film. was It, it pained me more. But I, I was Chris Pratt, I just kind of felt that he was walking through this. He has nothing I to do just, in this movie. It's, no, it's a complete it was waste. Weird. Uh, uh, the, okay, Guardians 2... The women the, I thought the, were the wasted. Fun, just, I love the, Mantis. Uh, I love yeah. the addition of Mantis. Yeah. I love Drax and Rocket. Yep. I loved Baby Groot, and I loved Yondu. Yeah. The problem is that none of these people are the leads of the film. Mm. The two leads are Star-Lord and Gamora, and yep. they are saddled with this lame family soap opera crap where he, uh, you know, 
he's it's trying to you know uh, be reunited with his father, mm. uh, and he's angry about his mother and and then Gamora is having a sibling rivalry with her sister that was it was nonsense yeah all of it was nonsense it was stupid there's also i mean there's one thing that really appealed about the first film was the the use of retro ideas so things from the 80s 90s 70s that to me was hammered home so much in this whether it's gadgets mm. references etc cetera, etc cetera. it just it just felt ham-fisted and no, knowing the work of James Gunn and how much the cast really feel about this nerdy retro stuff. It just didn't feel like that was their work. It felt like it was shoehorned in from to, some other angle. To me, the, the, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy guard the galaxy. Like, I want yeah. to just see them. Here's a bad guy. Here You have to stop the bad guy mm. from taking over the universe or whatever. Yeah. The end. Uh, you know, like, I get I get what they were going for with the family stuff and trying to make the, the characters deeper and explore them a little bit more, but, uh, but I, do, I don't think it worked. I don't think it's to James me, by, strength. To me, by that attempt to make them deeper, I think it actually worked the other way. It just felt... I felt less invested in the characters in this one than I did in the first one. I just didn't have that connection. The action sequences, stunning Breathtaking. I love the spectacular. Opening. The, but opening again, scene. they felt kind of vapid. For me, they just. I love the, the Yandu one where the. the yeah, that's a really good one. But around. the rest, it just felt like they were kind of there. You, I think sometimes you can give too much to me when it comes to effects. The, I noticed very much in this film um, between the bits that were obviously shot on a, a hard set and the bits that were then in completely computer generated. Mm-hmm. For me, they just felt a little bit separate. There wasn't the flow with the first film, where it all felt kind of connected. It just felt like, this is what we shot on a set, this is CGI. This It just felt a little bit disconnected. It, it lacked that element of believ- well, because believability. All, all the, it's not the news, the but it's... characters go off on their own journey, and, and it's they're so rarely yeah. like a team working together. Uh, everyone, it's I mean, just I, like a movie full of subplots, which is, I guess, how people describe the Empire Strikes Back. But this is always difficult. Obviously, we now know that there's going to be a Guardians 3. We, we kind of knew that originally, but... This is the, it's something that's a problem with a lot of franchises is when you're a bridge movie, when you're too, when you're the middle child in a franchise, you become that bridge movie. You become carrying on from the first movie and setting stuff up for the third movie or, in the case of Marvel, other things within the franchise. And I think the attempt to do that has been to the detriment of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Now, don't get me wrong. I did enjoy it. It's fun. And it's a film that you should see. You will have fun with this movie. It just didn't. It it felt like a box ticker for me, this is, rather a, than something that had the creativity. Not no, it's not a bad movie. Squad or a Batman no, the Superman. no, no, no. It's, it's, not it's far from a bad movie. It's just you know the first film created these higher expectations, and now the second film has to live with well, it, and it doesn't meet them. Well, this is something we discussed after we saw the movie. I mean, this is a thing that Marvel do. The, the bar is set so high with Marvel movies now that it's difficult. To is it? Re- it to me, yeah, it's I not a high bar. I think for, for for this kind of blockbuster, I think certainly with with characters and with spectacle, the bar is set pretty high because they tend to deliver. And I, this, to me, it was just it was below that. But you know, uh, below below the bar, Marvel movie is still a lot better than a lot of other movies that enter theaters. So you know, I, bet, I mean, there's certain things. There's a cameo in this to do with I won't spoil it, but to do with Star Lord um, uh, when when he was originally you know imagining who his father was. That cameo, I literally, I wanted to to rip my dick off and hit somebody with it. It was so fucking bad 
the Pac-Man moment I thought was that bad. was bad. Sorry, that was bad. Um, uh, there's a Howard. We all know there's a Howard the Duck um, appearance the, in the this. The thing I just wanted to say is that <sighs> just I loved getting out of that screening. And people were tweeting about how emotional it was. What a tear <laughs> didn't get that ending. Did not get that. Are we fucking? Are you guys fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're film critics. Did you see Manchester by the Sea? Was that a tearjerker? Like I don't understand. I cry at movies all the time. This is not. This is not an emotional movie. It's not an emotional movie. Give me For a me, it was break. devoid of emotion. The first one, it touched me, um, but this one, it didn't move me in that way at all. We're gonna move it along yeah, because okay. Ant Man remains the greatest Marvel movie. Yeah, Ant Man's fucking brilliant. Sorry. It's superb, but yeah. So, uh, all right, I agree well, with you, you, on that. you pick what's next. Okay, let's run through a few things. Uh, okay, I had a couple of scoops this week. Tell us. Um, I was on the red carpet for E News this week. Ooh, I know fancy. you're a big fan. I know you just signed a deal with them. I have signed a deal with E News. Look yes, I that. have. Um, as a, as a producer, um, <clears throat> so it's a great bunch of people there. Um, I was on the red carpet at a family event on Sunday, and Jordana Brewster. Uh, was Ooh, one of the people who attended. I love her. Uh, she's awesome. She's lovely. I've interviewed her many, many times over the franchise. Obviously, she's not in uh, Fate of the Furious, um, the, the, the current film, which is doing amazingly well at the box office. Um, but I did ask her. Obviously, there's there's been talk and there's been confirmation of the um, the the Rock spinoff with yep. Jason Statham, and it kind of made it. It made me think. Um, wouldn't it be good? There's so many women in the franchise now. Maybe nine would be good to be a jumping-off point for a the women of the franchise to, to make a, a a female strong female and, of the Furious and, and, movie. And, and this would be who? Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana, and Jordana Brewster? Brewster? Yeah. Come on! Simon, this is about, about as good as your John yeah. McTiernan No, idea. but seriously, but no, they actually had discussions about it. She doesn't even race J- Jordana Brewster. Like, She's going to learn. She's going to learn. Um, but yeah, so they apparently they have actually had conversations about the possibility um, of having a, a, a female um, Fast and the Furious movie. Have they really had the conversations or did she just like basically hit Donna Langley on the elbow at a premiere and be like, hey, we should do a female one. No, no, one. no. Like, she, yeah, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez, other people, they, they have seriously had conversations about maybe we should do this. And you know what? I could, I could, I could be on board with that. It's very testosterone-y. The Fast and Furious thing. That would be good. And also, even though it's doing great guns, I think it would be really good. The female response to the, the most recent movie has not been as strong as it has to the previous film. So I think that might be good. Come on, Helen Mirren, Charlize Theron. Come on. You're, you're, you're killing Jason me. Jason Statham in drag. I'm on board with that one. I, I, I don't see this movie happening. Uh, don't don't rile up the viewers. You're, you're giving them false hope. I think well, it's 2020. I think we're going to see it. Yeah. Female and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, also, I had a chat with the... <laughs> Seriously, I told her that, and she liked the idea. So okay. she liked the title. She well, liked my alliteration. I you get the writing job. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so also I spoke to the director of uh, Rings, one of the possibly worst horror films of the year, unfortunately, um, PG-13. Uh, and obviously he's exact producing The Crow. I know you love The Crow. Yeah. Uh, pushing for an R rating with that movie. They're very much going for that. Which, uh, to me, would be kind of a given. But you know how studios can be. They're like, eh, let's maybe make it a bit of a wider audience. But I would be... It's good to know, right? Uh, I think The Crow was always going to be R-rated, buddy. It's an R-rated original... yeah. But you know how studios can be. I mean, Rings was originally, when that was touted, that was going to be like a like the previous two films. That was going to be a. I just love, like, F. Javier Gutierrez. This dude's not involved in this movie. 
He's an executive producer. Why? Because he was attached to direct at one he point, was and then they're saying, "Listen, we're we're getting rid of you, but we'll give you an EP credit." This dude is not making decisions. Trust me. But you're happy about it pushing for an R rating, right? I am happy because the original was an R rating, and I always figured that this one would be too. Well then, Jason, I Momoa, will take that as a happy. Yeah, Jason Momoa is, would not be a PG thirteen crow. He wouldn't. He wouldn't agree to do that. Forget you, man. Uh, what was the Mike Myers thing you mentioned? Uh, yeah, um, Austin Powers Four. Um, obviously, Mike Myers is making something of a comeback right now. He's created a new character to front the Gong Show, which is coming back to TV. That's here crazy. In the US. That photo of him, I didn't even recognize. It's really him. weird. It's really, really weird. Yes. Um, yeah, but I mean, do you know what? I'm actually really happy to have Mike Myers back. Me too. I'm genuinely I don't care how really we happy. get him. Exactly. I, 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 I absolutely love Mike Myers. Um, I'm with you. So Austin Powers Four. I mean, it's been a while since the last film came out. What is it like? 12, 13 years. It's well over a decade now. Too long. Yeah, too long. I would have too long, my to friend. I recently Powers rewatched five and six already. I recently rewatched those three movies, and fuck me, they're good. Yeah, they well, are so the, funny. The first two, the third one, it's not as good, but you know what? It's still it's better than Zoolander. It's better two. than it's better than a lot of movies that You're are right, comedy movies that are put in the studios Austin right Powers now. Movies are great. Um, but yeah, so he's it, nothing is signed and sealed. Um, but you know, he he is he'd be interested in doing it. He says we'll just have to wait and see. I know, having spoken to um, Jay Roach a couple of months ago, they they are having conversations they have thrown a lot of ideas around they do they're not short of ideas about what to do with with austin powers um so everybody is kind of keen to do it it's just really a case of making it work which is good let me ask you this do you yeah. think austin powers could work without mike myers could no. they recast austin no. powers i don't want someone else as austin powers i want mm-hmm. mike myers yeah do you know it's just i always i always wish that there was a wayne's world three they may be too old for it now well, again, I spoke to Penelope Spheris about this a couple of months ago because it was the, the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World. And there have been plenty of ideas about what to do with Wayne's World. And basically the, the, the premise would be that it would be uh, Wayne and Garth, it would be their, they would be in it, but it would be their kids who were the, the new guys. They'd be effectively YouTubers. Oh, interesting. Which would work. Which would that be, is interesting. That would be fun. Um, but I think Wayne's World 2, for me, it was it was... As far as comedy sequels go, it was it was not great, but it was not shit. I love Wayne's World too. That I, movie gets a I bad like rap. That Same film. with Ghostbusters too. Yeah, um, it's it's often overlooked, but I, I mean I, that I'm less interested in ben than Austin I am Powers an Austin four. Powers four. What, where where would Bill and Ted three fall on that spectrum for you? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I kind of I want to see Bill and Ted three, but I can't help feeling that it might suck. Yeah, well, there's just such an imbalance But I do want to see there. it. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm very torn with that one. Yeah. Uh, also, talking of sequels um, on reboots, I spoke to John Badham this week. Ooh. Yeah. Who's made some... If you you think, oh, eh, John Badham, you look at his resume. He was throwing He's made some, some great movies back kick-ass in Kick-ass movies. Um, I was talking about the, the Short Circuit uh, reboot that has been spoken about for many, many years. Um, he will not be involved in it, but he does endorse it. He thinks a reboot would be a really good idea. Um, I love Short Circuit. Yeah, they were working on a remake. With, they, with they've the, been working on it for a long, long time. It was Tim Hill. Well, yeah. it's over at the Weinstein Company, you know. So, but he's behind it. He thinks it's a good idea. I thought he would think it would be a terrible idea, but he's behind it. I mean, Short Circuit 2 was not a great movie. That was not <laughs> a great movie, and it was also a little bit racist. Who would you um, want to voice Johnny Five? Kevin Hart? Uh, Josh Gad. All right, let's segue. <laughs> I thought that would work quite nice. I did have a Kevin Hart segue. 
Um, we had we have Josh Gad segway too. Kevin Hart on a segway. Where do That's we sign? That's a movie. Okay, greenlight it. Doing it. Yeah, great. All right, no, we do have Kevin Hart and Josh Gad. Thanks. So we do. I, I don't know if I brought this up on the show with Brienne last week. I don't think uh, so. I think that I did, and she just hadn't seen the movie, and we moved on real quickly. But Kevin Hart is going to star in a, in a remake of The Great Outdoors. Yes. Which I love. It's one of my favorite 80s comedies. Of all the John Hughes movies, that's probably in the lower end of my favorite John Hughes mm-hmm. movies. But I would like... Who would you like to see star opposite Kevin Hart in that? Because obviously it was Aykroyd and Candy in the original. You, you want to you know? I'm going to throw one out here right now. You ready? Okay, yeah. James Corden. Do you know what? That idea is not shit. Thank you! Top of my head, right I, there. I like that idea. James Corden and Kevin Hart camping. Do you see what I was thinking on, along a similar line? I was thinking um, Jimmy Fallon. That's really weird that we were both thinking of fucking. Yeah, late it's night really hosts. weird, isn't it? <laughs> yes. But I was I was thinking the other day. I mean, Jimmy Fallon he hasn't had a huge amount of success in movies. He's done okay, mm-hmm. but it has been a while since he's done a movie. And I'm just thinking, he does have a deal with Universal as well, and I'm assuming this is going to be a. A, a universal, perhaps guess, Paramount. Paramount was originally Great Outdoors. Was it? Yeah, I, I think, think it's it universal was. now. But e- yeah. either way, uh, I know that the Jimmy, house from the Jimmy Great Fallon's Outdoors is on not the back. A great lot. actor. That's the thing. The ta- Taxi and Fever Pitch, and mm, I don't know about that one. His comedic timing though is pretty sweet. For Pratt Falls, he'd be funny. But I do like James Corden. I could. I see, think that would be really, really. I good. could see Channing Tatum too. Channing Tatum, Tatum and, would be amazing. Or, mm, yeah, Channing Tatum would be great. Um, Josh Gad, again, I, I thought Josh Gad originally would be really, really good. Josh Gad and Kevin Hart? Well, they did. Yeah. They already did a movie together. They did. Uh, speaking of Josh Gad, mm. that little fucking trickster. <laughs> I love Damn Josh it. Gad. He yeah. took to Twitter this week and dropped a photo of the penguin. Nowadays, when, when uh, any celebrity puts a photo of mm-hmm. a comic book panel, we, the internet... Uh, are instructed we to kind of lose, lose ourselves to assume that that is how the casting would be announced yeah uh and so there was a lot of uh, discussion this week about josh gad uh, maybe as the penguin in the dc universe mm-hmm. we don't know what movie that would be gotham city sirens or nightwing or batgirl or who fucking knows because there's a million of these movies yeah um i think it would be great i, I love josh gad I, I think he would make a really good penguin mm-hmm. but this is non-news right yeah for me, my big concern about Josh Gad in Hollywood right now is he's the new Jack Black. It, yeah, it's like if you if you need someone who is a little bit chubby, a little bit quirky, a little bit like can pull faces, he's that guy now where Jack Black was like ten years ago, and he's better than that. Josh Gad is amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think fall Josh in might be a to chubby actor. buddy trap. Because that would be selling himself short. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, well, listen, I love the Penguin. Yeah. From Batman Returns. He would be awesome. And if you that. couldn't, I mean, obviously you're not going to get Danny DeVito. You're going to uh, yep. have to recast. I just, yeah, I love that character. And, and um, maybe it's just the way Tim Burton designed him. But I think he would be really cool to see on the screen again. Batman Returns is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Amazing. It's so dark. Um, okay, uh, so Kevin Hart in the Great Outdoors. Uh, let's talk about this. Obviously, this time last week when I was uh, on secret assignment in Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, there was a kind of a, a shitball festival that kind of collapsed. 
Ah, yes, the fire On the festival. same day, yes. On the same day, it was announced that Seth Rogen and the Lonely Island guys are doing a movie that just happens to be about a music festival that turns to shit. Let now, me ask you, do you yeah. think that that was legit? No, I don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering whether or not they did have the idea before they saw it. Or yeah. whether they're on Twitter going like, this sounds like a clusterfuck we can have some really good exactly. comedic timing with. This felt like an elbow to Seth Rogen from, from, like, what? from yeah. everybody else being like, well, we've actually been working on something. So uh, actually, don't bother writing about this fire festival yeah. thing. Mine, you know, dibs, every, dibs, right. shotgun, that's all, shotgun. That's honestly what it felt like. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> were you really? Mm-hmm. I don't... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call creative bullshit on that one. I think it will happen, and I think there's lots of stuff they could do with it. But I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, just, I think you've just seen that on Twitter. I'm like, Lonely Island doing another music-based movie after Popstar, which oh, is I loved, great. I love that movie. Great movie, but if you haven't seen no it, business. Seriously, if you haven't seen that movie this weekend, do it. Buy it, rent it, yeah, stream Popstar's it. Fucking blast. Do not illegally like, download Lonely it. Island, how on earth are you making another movie Michael Bolton's, like that? Michael Bolton's on board. Come on. By, oh, do that. Did you see the Michael Bolton like Valentine's Day special on Netflix? I did not. It was unwatchable. Okay, I. I mean, he's, yeah, I'm not surprised. He, he's good for like a four minute yeah. sketch or something. Yeah. To watch a seventy five minute special, <laughs> it was it was terrifying. Um, yeah, if I'm looking for some sexy time, I Michael like Bolton the idea. Is not I like the idea I of the see. Seth Rogen Lonely Island movie in, in a, I love in the a idea. festival that goes horribly wrong. I mean, I like this is the end. I enjoy. I like that movie, of course. Yeah, but also because it had Backstreet Boys at the end, and I love Backstreet Boys. Yeah, how so. random. Uh, man, but, who who goes to these festivals though? Like, uh, you couldn't get me even if it was free to go to one of these fucking festivals. A holes. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, I, everyone I would, who bought a ticket pretty much deserved what they got. I would rather. I would rather. <laughs> I'd rather do anything than go to a festival. Yeah, I was going to be I, gross, no, but I'm just even, like, I'm even just like a Coachella, like something I know Coachella. is run smoothly and Seriously. all that stuff. Coachella is Coachella is basically a desert full of people that I try Douche to fucking bags. avoid right. in Los Angeles yeah. day in day out. Having um, said that, I'm going to to, to Catalina this weekend. Ooh. Fucking Catalina wine mixer, the wine mixer, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> this weekend, so I'm I'm sure that will be an island of a holes, but uh, it should be also fun. Akiva Goldsman, yeah, remaking Firestarter. This was announced out of the Overlook Film Festival, yeah, uh, where Akiva's uh, mm-hmm. movie Stephanie, a Blumhouse production, debuted. Um, I don't know about Akiva Goldsman. I have mixed thoughts on him, but I like the idea of a Firestarter remake. I, I think that is absolutely a movie that can be remade and improved upon. Uh, and going I think back to, the right to kid, Stephen King adaptations. Well, King is so it's, hot right now. It's it's a strong one. Maybe they're going to do um, Pet Cemetery again, or they they were they were trying shift. to do they were. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, Edward Furlong's available if they want to. He's still alive, right? <laughs> just, just checking. I, by the way, I love how closely Edward Furlong is associated with that franchise, even though he was only a number two. It's yeah. not like he was the star of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Pet he, Cemetery. He does good too. twos. Matt, Mary Lambert. Yes, he does. He does good twos. He too. Hey, good work on your number twos, Edward Furlong. Who is it, it, okay? So mm. I don't know if it would have to be a little girl or if they could make the fire starter a little boy. But is there any child actor that you would like to see? As the fire starter? No. I'll tell you who I would like to see <clears throat> is Ansel Elgort. If you switch it up, make it a guy, and have He's him. too old. Do you think he is? Yeah. I fucking loved him in the Carrie remake with Chloe Grace Moretz. What? I thought he was fucking brilliant in that. I loved him in that. 
Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, right no, no, seriously. I, Ansel, I love you say I really... Ansel Elgort was brilliant in the Carrie remake. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. Oh, seriously. Man. He was the high point of that movie for me. He made that movie. Wow. And Julianne Moore, who I totally fucking love. So, so, so like, in the fall, when you're like, you know, Casey Affleck is brilliant in Manchester by the Sea Part 2 or whatever. Mm hmm. I'm going to go back to this Ansel Elgort was brilliant. I'm not saying it was an Oscar-winning performance. I'm saying in that movie, I fucking loved him. Hey, come on. I love Steve Guttenberg in the Police Academy movies. Doesn't mean that shit should be awarded. I just think uh, Backdraft from the early 90s remains the best movie about fire. Uh, I am looking forward to Granite Mountain. You do realize that now BuzzFeed are going to do a five fire-based movies that you need to see. Yeah, like uh, anyone from BuzzFeed could fucking listen to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Granite Mountain comes out this fall, yeah. hopefully with Miles Teller. That mm-hmm. could take the mantle. Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty great fire movie. Could be. A fire starter. Yeah. Twisted fire starter. There. Yeah. Twisted fire starter. I'm a starter, fire starter. starter. A starter. twisted fire starter. Shane uh, Salerno, mm-hmm. who is writing the Avatar sequels with James Cameron, yep. he has been hired to write a Gears of War movie. Simon, I've never played this game. No. Why should I care? Uh, I don't care. Quite literally, yeah, um, game, movie games movies. I've been burnt so many times by games movies that I think could really be so good. Hollywood keeps making them, and I've yet to see one. Uh, I'm kind of a sucker for the Resident Evil franchise, even though you are a sucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I. But the third one, I, I genuinely love. Did you see love. Assassin's Creed? No. <laughs> No, neither did I. It was on a Thank plane. You. It was on Thank a plane you. to Hawaii, and everyone was like, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, fuck that shit. No. Scroll, scroll past. No, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Assassin's what Creed. Gears of War is even about. What is the story? Uh... There's some war, there's some gears. Can I uh, interject? Yes, yes, yes of course. please. Yeah, I've actually played this series. And okay. In my opinion, it's like, um, it's like for the Brodies of the video game world. Where it's kind of like meatless jockeys just going around shooting things in cover. And it's it's not like extremely smart. So in a sense, I could see how that would work because mm-hmm. it would draw in that crowd <laughs> and be like, "Yeah, I'll go watch Gears of War." Like all the diehard fans that have like the tattoos of Gears of War and whatnot. Um, but it, yeah, it's not that great of a franchise. Okay, here's opinion. here's what they should do then with Gears of War. It should be basically um, overweight middle aged virgins sitting in their basements. They should I do just, it from none, that angle. None of this stuff appeals to me. Gears of War, Metal Gear Solid, Call of Duty. Uh, Halo. No, no, was, the only uh, thing I want to see is a Twisted Metal Hollywood, movie. No, Hollywood. I would see Twisted Metal and I would see Grand Theft Auto. It's just, I mean, for me, the, the ideal kind of gaming movie is what we saw with Tom Cruise is with... Um, In Edge of Tomorrow? Uh, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a great idea of a kind of movie that is a altered reality video game kind of scenario hollywood for some reason does not have the ability to make these games into decent movies i don't know why because the creativity is there the technology is there the ideas are there but they just can't even engage the audience that they're going for in these part of it is i think that the the video game companies interject themselves a little bit too much like, you know, why haven't we seen a Splinter Cell movie? Uh, well, they've tried to make that with Tom Hardy right. and they're like Uncharted and, and all these other ones that they just... But nobody's genuinely excited about it. Even games fans are like, these films are shit. Yeah, I'm not... They just can't it's, do it's it. Not, they should stop with this. My, uh... But Hollywood persists in making these movies. <laughs> when your target audience doesn't want to get off their asses and go and see these movies, that should tell you something. What movie are they not making, Simon? Neil Blomkamp's Alien. They are not making Alien 5. 
Yes. It's dead. It is dead. For all which people is... who ever thought it was going to happen. Yeah, but, I mean, everybody appears to think that was going to happen. Like, you know, Sigourney Weaver, and I, I spoke to Michael Bean last year. What did year. I tell you? What is, the, what is the number one rule in terms of journalism? Don't eat yellow snow. Don't believe actors. Yes. They don't know what they're talking about. But apparently, yeah, so so this thing that's been, uh, he's been, you know, tweeting about it and concept art and stuff like that. It, apparently Ridley Scott says that this is not... This isn't, there's no script. This is not going to happen. This is dead. And do you know what? I think if Alien Covenant does well, which I think it, it will do, you're seeing it tonight. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's room for that. We don't, we also, even though I would like to see that movie, I don't think we need parallel universes of alien movies. We, as much as I would enjoy that. We never needed film. this movie. This was, uh, this always felt like a social media campaign to like interject yourself into the alien franchise. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp. Give it a rest, bro. Move on. Do something else. Something that is happening, though. Um, and this is a story that I've actually sat on for, for about two months. Um, the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, he's going to star in the lead. Um, she's going to be the detective in this. I hope this happens, because I've always liked this They've premise. They've been talking to her idea. for a long time about I, I this. Like the, I, I, just, I, I like yeah. it. But let's acknowledge the fact that this is one of those movies that seems to get a new star each year, yeah. always around Cannes. Trying to drum up international sales and but all that bullshit. Brian Henson believes in this. STX really believe in this. And they. I think this could... With Melissa Brian, McCarthy, Brian I think... Brian Henson could, believes in this. Of course Seriously, he it's... Yeah, but... It, <laughs> he gets yeah, to build a whole bunch of puppets. He's the studio. first guy to admit that, you know, sometimes they will do things that he's like, yeah, great, it's a thing. Um, but this is something, this is a, a real pet project of his. It's been going on for decades. Yeah, it's been um, around for a, a long, long, time. long time. I hope it comes together. I think that she is the right fit. Jamie Foxx did not strike me <laughs> no. as the right fit. no. But also, can I just say, if you haven't watched Nobody's, Melissa Carthy's TV show, um, oh. it is absolute genius. And if you want to know about the inner workings of the Hollywood system, it's a really funny show that really works well with that. So I, I recommend Nobody's. We've got about five minutes left okay. in the show. Uh, a We're Bad Mom's Christmas is dropping in November. Yeah, they got okay. So they got Susan Sarandon, Cheryl yeah. Hines, and Christine Baranski. Yeah. Now Susan Sarandon is going to play uh, Catherine Hahn's mom. Mm -hmm. I kind of I, I like that. Yeah. I can totally see that. Cheryl Hines is going to play Kristen Bell's yep. mom, and I can definitely see that. Christine Baranski is going to play Mila Kunis's mom, and I got to say, I don't see this at all. But I do love her. She's brilliant. Sure, I, she is. I want to see all of these older ladies just, and this again goes for Melissa McCarthy in Happy Time, Happy Time Murders, just swearing their asses off. Nothing tickles me more than ladies swearing creatively. I absolutely, it's one of the reasons I love Bad Moms. For your it was birthday, so I'm going to hire fun. a bunch of women just to come, just, you know, approach just you at be dinner obscene. and just yell, no, yell things at you. I think it's brilliant. I mean, I... For the Bad Mom sequel, I would rather have this just been a Bad Mom sequel rather than a holiday movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, love, to me... Like, <sighs> Christmas is the Super Bowl for moms. That is uh, not true. No. That is not a thing. No, I. but to be honest with you, it's ladies swearing and being filthy. I mean, if you haven't seen Bad Moms, there's a scene in that where... Uh, Mila Kunis, uh, Catherine Hahn, uh, and Kristen Bell um, basically turn uh, Mila Kunis into a penis, and they they replicate masturbating a penis. It's fucking comedy gold. Comedy gold. Seriously, bad moms. You heard it's it here. Absolute, from Simon it's one of the funniest things I've seen in the last eighteen months. Of other ridiculous things. Yeah. today on the show. <laughs> no, that is true. Bad moms. Not a good movie. Not a good movie. Oh, it's funny. 
It's. I'm no. not saying it's Oscar-winning material. It's a funny movie. I'm not saying it's Oscar-winning material either. I'm saying it's not funny. It's not a good movie. <laughs> and this sequel, uh, God help them. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the, the Dark Tower trailer earlier. Uh, can I just say, It Comes at Night was another trailer that dropped this week. Looks dope. Looks so, so sweet. Dope as fuck. Um, but also, let's touch on this. We, we discussed this um, before the show started. What is it at the moment with these, on trailers online, there's a pre-roll of a bit of the trailer. Oh, yeah. They did Where that did that Dark trend Tower? come from and can we stop it? So actually, someone, someone on Twitter who works for Sony okay. uh, responded to me when we were having this discussion. Yeah. Clearly uh, trying to defend the Dark Tower trailer that was going to be coming the next day that right. featured it. Um, and they were just saying that that it doesn't count as a view. Here, here's what pissed me off about this. I know we only have two minutes. Uh, it doesn't count as a view mm. unless you watch a certain number of seconds. So let's say that's five seconds or ten seconds, which is why they do the the pre-roll before the trailer actually starts. Right. So to me, it's all about goosing their numbers rather than actually caring about the people who are going to watch it. Because nobody likes this. Who actually enjoys that? It's jarring. Because you're like, oh, try... Right, no, you click on something, oh, you're supposed to no, ease your way is, into a story. Oh, and okay. It's like, boom, 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 no. boom, boom. Boom. Yeah. And now we start. It's like, hey! Trailer. Not, a, not a fan. It's just, yeah. I don't like this trend. Yeah. Care it about grates. the people who are actually watching these trailers, not... The numbers that, and none of these stories even matter anymore when deadlines like, well, this is the biggest uh, trailer launch, you know, 18 million views in 24 hours. Who I'm, fucking cares? I mean, in the chat, director Juice Black is saying the pre roll is to stop you skipping the advert. No, I know what the point is. I'm just saying it's really fucking annoying. Who would skip the advert? I clicked on the advert to watch it. Yeah. So I, you think if I don't see the money shots in the first five seconds, I'm leaving? I don't understand studios. I don't understand just, people. I, I don't understand a good anything anymore. Don't, uh, don't do that. We're, uh, th- that's basically all the time we have. I'm going to uh, take us uh, in, in 30 seconds okay, through cool. everything that we missed. Jeremy Renner playing Doc Holliday. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf coaching a Down Syndrome wrestler in the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, Craig Johnson, who did Skeleton Twins, is doing The Art of Fielding. Uh, yep. That's based on a huge book. Yep. Dr. Doolittle moved to avoid Star Wars 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox and Simon Kinberg picked up Andy Weir's new book, uh, Artemis. I saw that, yeah. Um, Brian De Palma got Nikolai Coster-Waldo and Christina Hendricks for his new movie. Mm-hmm. And Liam Hemsworth doing this movie, Killer Man, from the director of Cash Only, which I uh, highly suggest you see. And Aquaman started filming this week. Congratulations to Aquaman. Uh, that'll do it for me, the movie press this week. Simon, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Simon, Instagram, at Simon. I also have a Facebook page, This Is Simon Thompson. And I am Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board, tracking-board.com, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, Twitter and Instagram, at the Snyder. Thank you, as always, for yes. watching the Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. And tell your friends. Spread tell the word. Tell everybody yeah. that you know. Write it on bathroom stalls. Guys, you just met... <laughs> The movie press. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, Gar- enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> yeah. weekend. Do you go and see it? Yes. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.